I am Sumit Gupta and this is Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams at work and life. This is a podcast for people who know deep inside that there is more. Have you achieved a great deal of success, but on the inside you still feel empty and like an imposter? Do other people see you as a strong leader and you wonder why it still feels so lonely and suffocating? The aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content, but instead shift the context under which you operate. I dare to speak to the tremendous power which you already have rather than what you believe are your strengths and limitations. This podcast is called Choosing Leadership because that is what leadership is, a choice. And this is the Humble Inquiries series. In this series, Leslie joins me as my co-host to humbly inquire into some of the most pressing challenges leaders are facing today. We have curated these challenges from conversations with hundreds of leaders in the past few months. In each episode of Humble Inquiries, me and Leslie are deliberately going to put ourselves in the uncomfortable space of not knowing the answer and humbly inquiring about these challenges with the aim to provoke new thoughts, actions and practices to help us better serve our coaching clients and also help the leader in you navigate these challenges both at life and at work. Hey, Leslie. Hello, Selma. How are you today? I'm doing good and I'm glad that we can join together for another episode of Humble Inquiries. Yes, I'm happy to be here as always. Yeah. Are you feeling motivated? I am. I am. Despite a dreary day here in the United States, I got myself motivated. Yeah. I want to talk about that because that's what we are going to be speaking about. So when we reached out to a lot of people, they replied back with a lack of personal motivation as a challenge. And also with their teams, how do leaders motivate somebody else? Tell me, how did you get motivated for this call despite it being a dreary day for you? Despite it being a dreary day for me, I part of my motivation was to get up and get moving. So I got outside, waited for a break in the clouds and got myself outside. And that is my time to clear my head and really almost set the intention for the day, like what the day is going to look like and feel like. And for me, that helps get me going. Yeah, I, th- I think two two very important points which you shared here. One is to get your body moving. I think th- there is something physical about emotion or something physical about motivation that if we exercise or if we get our body moving, it lifts our moods, it lifts our spirits. So getting out and moving our body is a very physical way to feel a little bit better or more motivated. And then the second thing which you mentioned was you set your intention for the day. And I think this that is such a powerful and such a simple practice. So tell me more, what did you do? What's How specifically do you set your intention for the day? Yeah, My personal practice is sitting with coffee and enjoying a, a bit of cozy time and journaling. And that helps me reflect on yesterday and set the intention for what today is. And then I follow that up with my walk, if I can. And sometimes the intention comes a little clearer from letting my mind wander a bit and seeing what's happening and then coming back to that. So like by the end of the walk, I know 
basically it's go time for the day. Like I've got myself ready to go. I'm gonna have my breakfast and get myself at my desk and doing what I need to accomplish for the day. Beautiful, yeah. This is something which I do as well every time. I feel a little bit tired or a little bit like lack of motivation in my body. I open up the windows and I want to let the fresh air hit my face. So get, there's something about nature getting in, in the fresh air or getting outside that allows us to do something. And journaling, I think such a such a simple practice to just let those things which might be like there in our subconscious, let it out and make a fresh start to the day. It's funny you mentioned about feeling a little tired and that I, my day did not start that great. Just dreary and the dog woke me up at 4.15 a.m. No, it's too early. So I needed that kind of shake out the cobwebs and get myself going with the fresh air too. I could have easily just caved back into that kind of slump, but I didn't want that taking over my day. Yeah, yeah. Another practice actually which works very well for me is to just highlight three or four areas where I want to make a difference or I want to complete something today. To not make it too complicated, like a 10 to 20 point to-do list, but to say at least these three things are very important. And then I start my day by actually getting started on those three things immediately. And many times just by afternoon, I am done with that or I'm 80 to 90% done. And that leaves me motivated, that leaves me very satisfied for the rest of my day. That's something which I do. Yeah, I have a practice I don't do it all the time, but any of the days, especially maybe if I don't get outside for a walk and I'm seeking that motivation, I go looking for a quote. Sometimes I write it down in my journal that connects back to what I'm doing. Sometimes it's just there for me. And I always have a quote of the day on my desk. And ironically, today's quote of the day is motivation gets you going and inspiration keeps you going. So it was very fitting for our topic. Felt like that gave me that extra piece to tie it together. I know we both talked about journaling and that being part of setting our intention and setting our day up for success. But some people, that's just not their thing. So what do you offer when that's not, either getting outside or sitting down and journaling is not the way to start the day and get your motivation going? Yeah, I think the first thing I would say is that Anybody can build a new practice, even if that is uncomfortable for them. And the second is, you don't have to do journaling. You don't have to do anything to, like as an obligation, because that's again going against motivation, right? Motivation is when you are free, when you want to do something. And one of the most powerful things is to just to connect with the reason, right? Why is it that you want to do this? And I think that's because Again, as you shared with the example of the quote, right? What a quote or what a proverb or what a poetry does, it touches us as some deep level, which we cannot really rationalize or explain in words. So every task we are doing, if we ask ourselves, why are we doing it? And not really trying to rationalize about it, but really try to feel about it. Like what, why does it matter to me? That simple question, right? Why is it meaningful or not meaningful for me to do that? That will help us get a clarity on do I really care about this and if you connect the care to the activity you will feel motivated because you see that connection or you will realize that this is not something I should be doing and then you have a totally different way to 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 go about or to maybe to renegotiate something with somebody but asking this question why I think is can be done in five seconds 
can be done in like journaling about it for one hour maybe but everybody is free to engage with this question in their own ways yeah and there's freedom in that of what you want your day to look like and how you want to celebrate i know some people that started in silence or darkness or that's what it is or sometimes just sitting there holding that warm cup of coffee feels really good and can create the right mood for the day because as you mentioned with motivation it's the feeling and you're really trying to set up how you want to feel for the day yeah and i think what sitting in silence or sometimes taking a break does is it allows all of that to come up all of those matters which we deeply care about but we don't really address it because we are so busy just having that moment of peace allows them to come up and then we can listen to it and actually put it in our actions our practices and what i've seen is that when it makes a huge difference in the quality of what you do when you are connected with why you are doing it or when you're motivated to use another word it, you can actually get much more done in much less time and have a lot more impact if you're motivated so imagine if you can do what you normally do in 10 hours and 6 hours i who wouldn't want that i was talking about that with someone recently what you want to do fills you fill the space of time that you have available you hear i don't have time for a walk in the morning or i don't have time to sit there in silence or i have this whole to-do list sometimes taking that time up front actually makes it possible to get it done in the day like what you're saying no them sometimes when i'm sitting down to journal my mind is just flooded with thoughts and i'm not really getting to the intention and what's happening in those is often i have so many things that i need to do and i've found that if i switch and go to my to-do list which is a a virtual one or electronic one and go put those rapid thoughts down there this is what i have to actually do and then it clears my mind so that i can really get that motivation and if i get those things done then this is what's going to be able to happen and for me that's the most satisfaction i can get out of it cuz then it's going to be i'm going to bang those tasks out so quickly that i get to the fun stuff mm. yeah exactly and i think an overcrowded mind sometimes can stop us from being motivated and once we empty our mind either through reflection or through journaling it allows us to touch those deep levels of feelings which actually is motivation when right? motivation is not a thought process it's not something you can reason yourself into it it's a feeling which you already have but sometimes the mind is so cluttered that you get lost or you'd lost touch to it and that's what you were referring to and it's different for everybody it's we all as human beings care about different things so we get motivated and demotivated about different things and it's also very important to point out that this is personal right this is not some general stuff which you can apply as a recipe and either get yourself or your team motivated that's true because when i was leading a team and i would share my quotes that quote might not resonate with any everybody or anybody that day so they have to choose what works for them as well to have that it was just showing an example of what might be possible as inspiration and motivation for others yeah yeah and that happens a lot with me as well sometimes i am get super excited by a quote and i share it with a few people and they say what is it there what are you saying i don't see anything so it's very personal what touches us what connects with that what is meaningful f- for us 
is so different and so personal but at the same time once you are aware of it you can actually use that to tap into different activities or to different kind of like quotes or poetry to help you get there yeah and we're what we're talking about is how to be motivated in that one day in that moment it's also one of those things that it, it doesn't last like you were saying you have to repeat your practice to make that a habit and sometimes what works one day doesn't work the next either so how do we help people explore that just as we are humbly exploring it ourselves yeah yeah i think what you're pointing to is reminding me of another quote which which is by zig ziglar and he said that motivation doesn't last just like showering doesn't do and that's why we do it daily and it's many times it's it can be multiple times a day as well you have periods where you're motivated and then you are have periods where you're not motivated but the good thing to realize is that you always have the choice to do something about it and to shift into motivation when you need it so it's so if you say i am not motivated that's not the truth right because you can get motivated so there is no such thing as a motivated or a demotivated person there are only moments in which you are motivated and demotivated and then every moment is a new opportunity whether it's on a day to day basis or it's on a two different moments in a single day yeah and that choice there is the choice in it and but i think it comes back to recognizing it at first too so if you lose that motivation being in touch with yourself that what happened what changed that and how can i get it back does that go back to repeating a morning practice does it change to something else midday in order to be able to find the motivation yeah yeah so f- for me a very personal example if i have multiple coaching calls one after the other sometimes it gets a bit uh, like uh, i can get a bit demotivating like this it's the same kind of call like happening thrice or fourth in a row but then the moment i remind myself why am i doing this which is to like really impact the level of leadership in the world and the and how people are showing up as leaders it brings myself back and it takes me away from my like my own self critical thought of this i'm repeating myself or this is boring or this is not fun and allows me to focus on the other person right in for whose service or interest i am i am doing what i am doing so just reminding myself of why am i having these calls because i scheduled them they didn't just fall into my calendar and yes if they just fall into my calendar then and this doesn't matter to me then to say no to that again becomes a very important choice if you have something which you have to do which you feel obligated to do but which doesn't matter or which doesn't take care of what you care about then saying no is as much your responsibility to get motivated as it is to put something which you care about in your calendar right <clears throat> and you made me think of from the human resources aspect there are often tasks that have to be done that are not fun and that are not motivating at all when you think about it think about having a really tough conversation with someone about performance or the toughest conversation of needing to terminate someone those are the hardest things at least for me and being motivated is how do you do that and you're i do the exact same thing the why am i doing this and i want to have this conversation 
because I know I will honor the person and do it well. So that's why I'm going to do it and have the best conversation that I can have for them in this very difficult and challenging moment. So that's my motivation in that type of situation. So leaders, when they're faced with those challenges that are not what you want to do, finding how you can motivate yourself to do it well. Exactly. So what you're pointing is very important, right? Connecting to that big picture or connecting to that why again, but also something, right? Moving away from wanting to do something versus choosing to do something because that is your responsibility. Especially if you are a leader, you might have to do something which you don't want to do, but then can you be really responsible and can you show up as that and not, not let your mood affect that? So motivation is not, again, always about being cheerful or being bubbly, especially if you're going to have a tough conversation, you'll have to have the right mood for that. But at the same time, to be connected to that purpose, why am I doing this? Why does this matter? And then to bring the level of respect or compassion, even during that conversation in which you might be letting somebody go, is where you connect the dot. Yeah, I think that's a key differentiator in this of motivation and maybe what is standing in the way for some individuals when they're thinking about it themselves. So thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. And also the way I see it, motivation is very simple. Motivation is not complicated. We don't need to read a book about motivation. Like we are all motivated when we when we are spending a Saturday with our children or with our best friends. We are all motivated. We don't feel that lack of energy. So anyways, every moment is basically telling you that if you are demotivated, that something is missing. Either you need to say no to something or you need to do something differently that you can make the experience fun. So I see motivation as very simple. Again, not easy, not too confusing. Simple with easy. So taking the steps required might not be easy, but in itself, it's a very simple and practical concept or a, or a state of being that you can shift into whenever you feel that you're not into it. Yeah, and sometimes that simplicity, I feel like, can lead to the tendency to almost overcomplicate it or overthink it and being able to step back from that and look at it and see where you can find your motivation. We talked about motivation doesn't last, finding it from exercise, finding it from journaling and expressing gratitude. Some other ways are just taking that time to pause and maybe asking for help. You know, as a leader, that could be an opportunity, not only for yourself, but the team as well. Ask for help. I'm not feeling it right now or... I know we have to get this done. Let's rally together and find some motivation or inspiration or maybe how to divide it up again. That could be another way of practicing it. Yeah, I think being open and honest about how you are feeling is one way you can let more motivation flow through you rather than hiding it or rather than trying to resist it, rather than trying to force yourself to be motivated. If you can just let it go, you will feel that motivation come through because it, as again, as we said, it's not something which you get from the outside. It's not like a pill you can swallow and then suddenly you're motivated. It's something which you will can only bring from within. So it's very important to not see this as a strategy, 
to see this as a process of letting go. To use an analogy, I, the motivation is it's, it's connecting to that fire which is within you and then giving it a little, little bit of air so that it becomes like a flame and then you're motivated. Otherwise, like it's, if you're not motivated, it's almost like the fire has gone out or the flame has gone out of what you're doing in life. And so we always have the spark in us, but it's all it's only about letting the air in and sometimes just by overthinking, over strategizing, we are actually stopping the air to come in to allow that spark to grow into a beautiful, healthy flame, which will make sure that every activity we do becomes infused with that motivation or that quality. That's a great analogy because as you said, the motivation doesn't last. So just like giving more air to the fire or kind of stoking it and adding more logs, whatever you may need to do in that instance, the same needs to happen for yourself and your motivation. Recognizing it, I got the visual of someone who is just like churning through life. Get up, get your shower, get ready, go to work, do what you have to do, come home. You can go through all of those motions and accomplish things and yet still not be motivated. Yeah, yeah. And again, in the context of leadership, right, one of the challenges we received from people was not just how do I stay motivated, but how do I keep my people motivated? And I think, again, coming back to the same thing, right, motivation is not something which you can design or control. You can only create the conditions for motivation to happen, but not really directly motivate somebody. You cannot direct somebody or force somebody to be motivated. And again, using the fire analogy, right? You can you can only have sparks and then create the right conditions, which is fuel, air, wood, whatever. And that allows motivation to, to basically sparkle like a fire. And what I see is a lot of organizations, they suck out all the oxygen out of the workplace or out. And that kills the motivation. So motivation is, especially when you talk about interpersonal relationships and team leadership, it's about listening to that spark which each one of us has as human beings and then seeing what could be the fuel that I can add as a leader. And then it will take time. Everybody will light their flame on their own sweet time. But if you focus on creating the right conditions, creating the environment, adding the fuel, then motivation will happen faster than if you get hung up on how do I motivate my people, this strategy, that strategy. So I think the fire analogy is very relevant even in the team and interpersonal leadership. Yes, it's a great one for that. And knowing as the leader, like you were saying, that it is different for everyone. And the leader can't take sole responsibility for motivating each person on the team. It's each of the individual's responsibility to find that too. But there is value in communicating what motivates certain individuals and learning their work styles to be able to motivate them when the leader can see, oh, okay, this person's not, I'm not seeing that same spark and energy. What's going on? Maybe they're doing something so routine and they need creativity to help motivate them. They need a little more freedom in that. Or maybe someone, it's too nebulous and they need some guidance and direction. So learning that aspect of the team and each individual is a way that the leader can help add fuel to the fire for that motivation. Yeah, yeah, I have a very good example with this. I was recently working with a very senior leader and we were talking about the same thing. How do I change my people or motivate my people? Or how do I shift the culture to be a certain way? And there was a lot of focus on, or a lot of emphasis on what should I do? 
And instead of that, what we focused on, like listening for that spark, where what is it that people get excited about? And then throwing an opportunity, giving them an opportunity to do something with it, which is organizational level, right? So one person wanted to share his knowledge and this leader whom I was coaching created a community of learners and a set of speakers who would speak once every week for 30 minutes on a, any particular topic. So they created a community together, but the leader didn't drive that effort. The leader just listened for who was inspired or who was motivated or who had the spark to do that. And then they allowed that person to take lead in that area and create that. Similarly, they mentioned that they created pairs of people like mentor-mentees and all of them happened voluntarily. The, lead, the only thing the leader was doing is listening for what is missing and what people got excited by and then giving it air, giving them that space to, okay, let's do something about it. What can we do in our organization so that we create what is missing or what you want to do? And what that did is there were a lot of community building, a lot of conversations happening suddenly in the organization, even in a virtual kind of environment. And that changed the energy and that changed the productivity of those people, even outside of those community events and happenings. So I think that's a very good example of what you were referring to. And I had an example recently of teams where they knew that their team meeting had gone flat and boring and they were beginning to dread them. They were beginning to like, why are we doing this? So at least they were questioning it. But they didn't have ideas for how to change it. The leader was like, I know it's not working, but why? And one of my suggestions, which I got from another organization, was let someone from the team lead it. Let them bring a topic. Let them change the format. So again, creating that space and really injecting some air back into it to give motivation and really the opportunity for that motivation all over again as a team. Yeah. And I think as you gave that example, what, what was also occurring for me is that the first place to look for motivation or demotivation is your body or in somebody else's body. So what you were, if people are dreading to come to a meeting, you will see that, you will see that in their bodies. You will see that in your own body. And that's the first place to address it, to first of all, listen, but then also to bring it out in a conversation. I noticed, notice this. Does anybody else notice this? What are we going to do about it? And then inviting, not enforcing your point of view, but inviting suggestions, collaborations, and because that will actually lead to motivation. If people can't speak what they have to speak, if people can't be free, people can't be autonomous, there cannot be motivation. So it's again ties back with the autonomy. Uh, but what you shared, right? If people know that they're not motivated, then that immediately is an opportunity to give air, to right? create that space for motivation to happen. Yeah. And I know a lot of workplaces might still be virtual or hybrid and you can see that body even on, on Zoom or any of the virtual screens. Like it's easy to see when the body changes and that, you know, that life isn't there of the motivation and that excitement and energy that you would sense. So I think it's both the body and then also that mood energy sense that happens in connection with motivation and to pay attention to it. I know that there's reasons to perhaps not have cameras on at different points in time, but it also helps to have those additional clues where you can see what's happening. So I would take it as a signal that everybody is suddenly 
not willing to have their cameras on, then something really is happening with their motivation or perhaps a more a more serious concern that needs to be addressed. Could be, in fact, not even the camera. You can just sense motivation in somebody's tone of voice as well. Another thing which you mentioned is to be mindful of, of your posture. Right? Because if you're trying to do a Zoom call while you're lying down in bed, it has a, that physicality, that posture has an impact on your motivation. And if you're suddenly feeling demotivated, maybe one thing, maybe a bit radical, but sometimes I suggest that remove all chairs from the meeting room. At least people cannot lean back. At least people cannot slouch in the chairs and people are standing. That immediately brings a certain level of urgency, a certain level of energy to room. Personally for you, even in a physical environment, like just put your feet on the ground, stand straight, let go of any tension in your body, immediately you will feel a sense of motivation or a sense of connection. And then ask you, why are we, why am I doing this? Why am I having this call? Is either you realize that this is not worth it, so you say no or renegotiate that, or you connect it and then it becomes wonderful, right? It's like you're building, you're, you're putting one brick over the other, but you know that you're building the, the temple or the cathedral. So that gives you meaning, that gives you that uh, long-term or big picture satisfaction. You know. Yeah, I know in my past, I've moved meetings outside to change the space there and get some different perspective and hopefully that motivation to return. And also going for a walking meeting together is a great way to combine a lot of what we've talked about when it comes to finding that motivation as a team. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I was in Amsterdam yesterday meeting a few people physically and in between the gaps, I was just there sitting by the canals and not like trying to fill up the gap and just staying present. So you can be proactive about if you, if you have a couple of meetings which can be like stressful or which can demand the best from you, can be a little bit more planned. And especially like I can give you another example, like tomorrow I have continuous meetings from 7 p.m. to 12 midnight. And this is Friday evening because I have a few things in the U.S. and that translates to that time zone for me. So I've already made sure that I have my afternoon entirely free. I plan to take a nap. I plan to go for a walk before this five hour cycle starts. And I'm already ready because I know my body will tell me that I shouldn't be doing this at some point. And then my, I should be ready beforehand and also during that interval to make sure that I give my best. And then after that meeting, I know that I can sleep at peace, I can have a good sleep and then then you have the weekend. So I know that I'm going to take a nap on Saturday as well. I think it's great to know that plan. I do it for myself too. I have a workshop, it's a couple hours. I know that's gonna take a lot of my energy and that I need to have a gap planned there so that I am ready for whatever comes next. What do you suggest for people who might not know that about themselves yet? How their body is going to react or what they may need? What what could we offer to help explore? I think what I would say is pay attention to your body. Your body is always telling you something. The simple way is to like not have back-to-back -back meetings. Just take two minutes or five minutes between meetings and in that gap, just don't do anything. Like Just focus on yourself. Just focus on letting anything which is crowding your mind get it out. If you write it down on a paper to get back to it, do that. But then just connect with your body, connect with taking a few deep breaths and focus on the next person, the next meeting in front of you. And then why is it so important for you to have that? What value are going to add because of that? 
because you never know right one conversation might change somebody's life but are you really as a leader are you really motivated and connected to be present in a particular meeting and not be lost in your own thoughts or disconnected from the purpose from the larger picture of why you are doing it so simply paying attention and then introducing small right 30 seconds gap sometimes between conversations even if you're talking to somebody you can still take a 30 second gap very easily you can say that let's take a gap and i need to get some and get some air flowing i need to like focus on my body and then resume doesn't take a lot and silence knowing that you can even within the meeting or conversation whatever that may be that you can have some silence to reflect on that for that little moment see if it shifts yeah see what yeah. happens as they say silence is golden it is yes yeah and then there apart from that there are many books there are many resources which speak about how to really stay motivated and connected to your body to your physicality and then what to do if you have to learn a new practice and centering like a centering practice there are lots of places and i can put that in the show notes there are a lot of places where you can actually go and actually integrate new practices into your day to day life but once you integrate it it's very it's not complicated again i would say that it's it doesn't take a lot of time it's not complicated but at the same time there might be practices or there might be things you might you can do either with your body or with your conversations which you might not be aware of now so there there might be new areas to learn new skills to improve upon and yes i will i will list on a few resources in the show notes and i think it it also connects to the feeling part we talked about how much this is an emotion and learning as much as what your body is telling you but also what those specific feelings are that are happening and exploring those and i think that's another one where I love the emotion wheel and that's an easy one you can google and look at and see how many different emotions there there are and there's plenty of books to use as resources too and really getting tuned in to what your emotions are telling you as well that impacts your motivation that impacts how you go about your day and can be a great other force for informing where you're going to get that inspiration yeah. so that you can be motivated each day. Yeah, yeah. And we're talking in the con- context of leadership, right? So this is so important because our emotions are don't just stay with us internally. We take them into every conversation which we are having. So if I'm having the same conversation in two different emotions, then those are basically two different conversations, not the same. So emotions and motivation is so relevant because we take them into every conversation. and just by paying attention right what am i feeling right now am i tired am i feeling guilt am i feeling excitement i'm feeling just boredom and then asking why what do i need to what am i not seeing what am i not taking care of what is important and if not then why is this not important what am i spending time away from that is more important so all of these questions can help us connect with uh, again as you said those different emotions and then do something to take care of what is missing. That recognition is the first step there to seeing how you can change that. I'll go back to the shower. Motivation doesn't last neither does a shower. You recognize when you need a shower or that you're dirty or it's a new day and you have to start that process all over again. So it's same for this in getting motivated and staying motivated based on what's ahead. Yes, I think it's a very good place to summarize and maybe close. with that analogy of taking a shower because if you don't 
take a shower, that doesn't mean that you're a bad person or something is wrong. You just take a shower. If you wash your hands and they become dirty again, you simply wash your hands again. Similarly with motivation, right? If you're not motivated or if you don't feel that energy, it's not like something is wrong or something is missing. You just shift, connect with something and then you're motivated again. It's a cycle. It repeats. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Does it sound like a good place to close our conversation today? I think so. I think we brought it full circle with motivation and showers. Wonderful. But once again, thank you, Leslie, for having this conversation, for bringing your energy, your uniqueness to each of these conversations. I'm loving this. All right. Thank you so much, Salman. It's been great. Wonderful. That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast and I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction, not just for yourself, but also for those around you. This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you, to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of. I say what might be uncomfortable for me to say or for you to hear, to show you that all our dreams which have been on hold are within our grasp. If you like the sound of it, do not forget to leave a rating. I invite you to subscribe to my newsletter at deployyourself.com slash newsletter. You can also reach out on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook to share any other comment or feedback. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality. And thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved and you matter. This is Sumit. Until next time. Keep choosing leadership.